Hello, everybody, indeed. Welcome to the Anavision Podcast, episode 342. I'm Jero, joined by Steve. What is up? And Amaru. Sup, sup. So we have a lot of anime stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking about uh, the Crunchyroll news related to the Funimation. And then we are also going to do a mid-season impressions of a lot of the Winter 24 shows. But first, we are going to get started in the gaming space as Steve is going to give his impressions on the Prince of Persia game, which came out, I think, about middle of January. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks now. Um, yeah, I think it's actually the end of January. But regardless, uh, Prince of Persia uh, came out. Um, I was kind of interested in this game, mostly because, and this is going to sound stupid, but like I'm always looking for that kind of title I could play on my uh, my Nintendo Switch, something that I can kind of walk around with, play while I'm watching some random show or something like that. And so when this was getting a lot of good reviews, and I also saw that the really only difference besides obviously some pixel counts, um, but like play-wise, and a lot of people said that there's not much difference between the Switch version and the PC version other than adding a few loading screens. Um, and so I was like, cool, yeah, I'll get us. Uh, I'm kind of excited, interested anyway. I got it on Switch. Um, probably put about 10 hours into the game, so not super a lot. Um, ironically, I t- even though I got it so I could walk around and play with it, I actually seem mm-hmm. to be playing it more just on my TV. Mm-hmm. Um, just like get my pro controller out and play for mm-hmm. a few hours. Um, but yeah, uh, it's great. It- it's definitely one of those games where, you know, if you're very much into those kind of Metrovania kind of games, the platformings with combat and stuff like that, um, it's definitely like, and the thing is, like, I'm not too much into those games. I don't play it. I wouldn't say I don't like them. I just don't play a lot of them. Um, so for me, it was kind of like a, it's kind of interesting. You know, there's a lot of backtracking, you know, a huge map. You go through um, different areas, get to different areas, you have to clear. Sometimes you get new abilities and you got to backtrack to other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, though, it's like, it's, it's, in terms of like the actual gameplay mechanics, is a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think Prince of Persia is one of those games where, I don't. I don't know. I, th- I think, at, as a company, Ubisoft knows it's a valuable franchise, but they don't always seem to know what to do with it. Um, because, like you know, the first several Prince of Persia games had a very, you know, I guess a very much a style to them, a very much same gameplay mechanics. Then they took a wild swing on what I still consider my favorite Prince of Persia game. Yeah. Um, and really wish, yeah, I really wish they would go have gone back and like it wasn't a perfect game. Like the Prince of Persia reboot they did, it, it definitely mm-hmm. wasn't a perfect game. Um, it was definitely too easy at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved the kind of style and how they kind of you know introduced kind of fighting mechanics to it. Um, and I, I kind of wish they would have gone back and refined this style a little bit. Still an amazing ending to a game too. Um, and I, I bring this game up mostly because it kind of feels like they went back to a little bit of those roots in this game. So, and admittingly, I'm not huge on Metrovania kind of style mm. games. Um, but, like, the combat in this game is is definitely, it feels like much more of a, a focus on those kind of, like, combo, you know, fighting game mechanics. Like a 2D fighter game that you might have played back in the day. So, you know, you have to learn about things like air juggling and kind of dodging and countering and 
and stuff like that in ways that make this game feel like like something I'm kind of more excited to play in terms of combat-wise. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I think is great. Like, if you really are, you know, if that Prince of Persia game, you know, back in the day, I think it was, what, 2011, 2010, 2009? I don't know. Right. Um, somewhere in that, that time frame of the PS3 era. Um, you know, if you were a big fan of that game, um, at least that the fighting like that the thing I like most about the game is how it was like a very much a fighting mechanic kind of game, um, outside of everything else. Um, that combat style definitely feels like it's taken a little bit of a reemergence into this game because it does you know have those moments where you really are kind of doing these kind of combat fighting moments. Um, they do also have boss moments too, so it throws in those kind of boss mechanic fighting. Um, and then obviously like little random things and puzzles and stuff. So overall gameplay is like really solid, you know, something that if you really enjoy these kind of, I wouldn't say super complex puzzles, but these kind of like Metrovania style games, Mm -hmm. um, this is definitely a game you should be picking up. Um, it's a little bit more affordable too. They didn't put it on a full price tag. Um, and I've seen it on sale already. So Mm -hmm. And it's definitely a good Switch game, I think, because as I said, it does it looks great. Even though I'm as I said, I play it on my TV. Like I don't sit there and look at it and like think, wow, this looks like an ugly game. It looks great. Right. Yeah. Um so it's definitely one worth picking up. The one the one complaint I will make about this game <laughs> is goddamn that story is there. Um <laughs> Sar- Sargon, the main character you play as, he's cool. He's kind of like that cocky, brash guy. Um, but like, I just don't give a, give a damn what's going on. <laughs> it's like, I, I like it, it is very much, it, there is actual talking in the game, but like they do a lot of like still, still frame talking. So it's like, right. Here's a picture of Sargon. And then you hear him talk with text uh, on the screen, um, which isn't bad. I don't want to criticize that. It's, it fits the style of the game very much. It's just like, I just don't care. Like the whole concept is there's these immortals which are just basically, you know, humans that have superhuman abilities that operate as like a, you know, SEAL team kind of force, you know, super, super squad force for the kingdom. Um, and then one of the princes gets kidnapped and you have to go out and kind of try to get him back. And it's just like, it's it, again, as I said, it's like, so I just so uncaring about what's going on. Mm. It's just like, it's 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 an okay story, you know, and it gets you into kind of these interesting levels and kind of like this cool map where you get to go all the way down to the dungeon pits and then uh, you get to go all the way up into the heavens or whatever. But <laughs> it's just it really is one of those stories where it's just like, why care? Um, <laughs> is it so something if you're looking? You, is it something you can speed through, like skip story text and stuff? I mean, you can get through it pretty fast. It's not, I will say, like, the story text isn't so much that it's, like, constantly in the way. There are times where story matters a little bit more. Um, I I will say, like, I don't know if you can fully skip it. I'm not fully skipping it. I'm still, okay. like, being cognitively aware of what's going on, even though I don't really care. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the way I always kind of operate. Like, even if I think the story sucks, I'm still going to be... At least, like, I kind of understand what's going on, so I at least can have that idea. Um, but, again, I think if you're coming for the gameplay, gameplay is is solid. Really good. Definitely one I would recommend picking up at some point, uh, especially if you can get it on sale. You know, it's um, it's just, just a lot of fun. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward because I'm big on the Metroidvanias and all. 
yeah. get it on sale. Uh, I wanted to ask, when I played a demo, there was a feature, we were talking about backtracking and stuff, how they have this like memory thing or something like that. Is that something you've utilized in the game? To be, you know uh, so <clears throat> I do, I do. It's actually something that they try to really emphasize. Hey, you have this memory thing, use it, please. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a bad person to ask because I don't play Metroidvania games. And so I'm sure there are people who play these games that are like, this right here is so incredibly useful because I need to know I need to go here for this crate, here for that crate. I'm kind of more of like a, I don't really need it. It sounds kind of cocky. Like, I'll go past this box and I'll go like, oh, there's something I need to do here later. And then I'll just remember I need to go there later. Like, also, maybe once you, to be fair, again, I'm only about 15 hours into the game, 10 to 15 hours, somewhere in the, I have to look it up. But the map isn't so huge at this point where I can't remember where there are certain things that are like, don't go there. There's a big scary monster. I have to wait until I get a power up. <laughs> um, or, you know, hey, there was a box there. Like, I just kind of remember those things. But I'm sure for some people who use that feature, who are very much, I like to collect things like crazy, for them, it's probably like a, really amazing thing for me it's kind of like a hey it's there but i don't use it nearly enough i have okay. used it a couple times all right yeah i was wondering if it was above just like basic bookmarking it, it is it is pretty much just basic bookmarking you okay. know you basically can take a screenshot and it leaves a, a, a indicator on the map and then you can go to the indicator on the map later and you can see exactly why you put a bookmark there. Maybe that's kind of the more advantage because I don't know if in other Metroidvania games you could put like a marker on a map, but now you can just at least know why you put that marker there. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's very helpful for, again, for those who love to do that, who love to collect everything. For me, I'm not as much of a collector. I'm like, if I'm going to collect it, it's because it's convenient for me to go back. Um, but yeah, that's just me. All right. But uh, anything else sounds cool. I, I want to pick it up at some point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not not super much to talk about because it, it is. It, it's very, I guess, not much to really like. It's it's not an overly complex game. Um, I will say that I did face this one boss that annoyed the ever loving hell out of me. I died like eight or nine times before mm -hmm. I beat him. Um, but for the most part, it's not been an overly complex. I will say this: this is one thing because I, I I will admit I contemplated doing it. And I was like, the gamer in me didn't want to do it. If you want to customize the difficulty settings, you can do that like crazy. Like they, like again, I don't, I'm not a huge Metrovania person, so I don't know what it is. But like, you can like really make things hard to see, or enemies do more damage. You take more damage or take less damage. Like you can really customize the difficulty settings to a, a pretty extensive uh, bit. So you know that that's something to look forward to, especially if you get frustrated like i'm just playing on normal it's not like overly i haven't run into as said other than that one boss i haven't run into anything overly difficult so but yeah good game so let's move on to one anime story before our mid-season impressions and that is about crunchyroll and this uh, price increase that's coming so anybody that's logged into crunchyroll in the past month or so has seen the notification about Funimation is being merged into Crunchyroll and that the Funimation service will be no more so people can transfer their stuff over. But not quite everything. Because 
for people that you buy the DVD or Blu-ray and you get the code to watch it digitally on the funny app, that doesn't transfer over to Crunchyroll. So when they said you get to own it forever, forever means as long as the service exists and it doesn't exist, Crunchyroll yeah. isn't going to do the thing. And yeah. Yeah, um, we had this discussion a couple months ago. <laughs> um, Talking about the importance of, of physical media and yeah, it's it is definitely something that I own a couple of things digitally uh, on Funimation, so it kind of kind of sucks. But at the same time, it's like I can't think of any time I would actually use it over just popping in the Blu-ray or something. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. But but it is well, it is interesting. It's 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 unsurprising. Mm. All right, let's let's be real here because yeah. um, Funimation and Crunchyroll never made sense to once they you know basically. I can't remember who bought who. I think it's Country Robot Funimation right. or they merged or whatever. Um, like, it, it was always one of those things where... Oh, uh, it was the other... Funimation bought Country Roll. Well, it doesn't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. we always kind of Cause, knew... Cause Sony, Sony, Sony had purchased Funimation first, and then and then they purchased uh, Crunchy Roll and kind of merged uh, merged them in. Which is, which is funny because it's like, you think that Funimation would keep the Funimation branding or whatever, right? But clearly Crunchyroll just it's bigger. was more popular. Yeah. I think, I think Crunchyroll is definitely the much more recognizable name. Funimation has a little bit of a legacy to it because it's been around for so long. Mm-hmm. But Crunchyroll is 100% more recognizable and probably has the much larger subscriber base anyway. So it makes sense that they decide to go with Crunchyroll. But it, it never made sense to have two services once they basically have both. Um, and it was like, there was like this weird, oh, well, get the dubs on Funimation. But it's like, why pay the money to keep up two different platforms? Like, it mm-hmm. is expensive to manage two different platforms. You need two different dev teams. You need two different server hosts. You need, you, you just really need to have, it, it's, it's much more complex. You're also splitting your base. In the... Um, uh era of yeah. mergers it's all about redundancies and eliminating those yeah as for the price going up um uh what what's it now i'll be honest with you like i yeah. have Crunchyroll and it just renews right. yeah I'm just like whatever yeah i've i've <laughs> been renewing it for years and i think it's like 60 dollars annually for me for like the the mid-tier where it's like no ads but i can watch stuff as it comes out um mm-hmm. Let me just make a hundred percent sure of that. Uh, uh, yeah, it's sixty for me. That's what I'm seeing the past two years. Um, that's, that's weird. When I googled it, it said it was eighty dollars. Yeah, I think it's gone up, but because I didn't change my plan ever, uh, I, I don't know. I guess maybe there's a grandfather situation. Probably. Yeah, but uh, yeah. It'll be going I mean, up to uh, mm-hmm. annually. It'll be like a hundred dollars a year. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that's not a lot of money because obviously, you know, everyone's got different budgets on things, and <clears throat> honestly, anime fans can be pretty broke. <laughs> I- I've been there. Mm-hmm. I know the struggle. Um, but to be fair, I think if you're broke enough to where you can't afford $100, you probably couldn't afford the subscription at the cost you paid originally anyway. So you were probably already sailing the seas. 
mm-hmm. um, to find your content. So um, I'm not overly surprised. I, I to me, a hundred bucks is fine as a yearly service for everything Crunchyroll provides. Um, even though you know anime is being much more divided than ever nowadays because you have to get all the different services if you want to watch every newest release ever. Right. Yeah. Uh, Crunchyroll is still always the biggest and has the most on there. So it's fine, I think, for 100 bucks, It sounds like a regular subscription price, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I, I keep thinking to myself that it, it's probably not worth it to have all these services all the time. Like, wouldn't it just make so much sense to subscribe every three months and then like watch the you know that way you could marathon everything that just finished airing in one go you know like keep it for a month and then just re-up it again like two months later like i feel like you would probably save money that way you're, but you're telling me Amro, not to watch <laughs> the anime when it releases and I'm, my soul says that's yeah. not possible <laughs> watch yeah that's how to get you um, yeah. exactly yeah we, we've, we've just trained ourselves to yeah. be uh this way basically i I also think all the subscription services they they like the i'm too lazy to cancel so they they're kind of fine with you just keeping it even though you barely Mm -hmm. watch or play anything well the thing is that's funny about me is i have crunchyroll i do not watch anything on crunchyroll um i get uh you know advanced copies since to my computer since i'm such a big podcaster (laughs) yeah um (laughs) I just pay Crunchyroll just to feel like I'm doing something, um, you know, supporting the community. Um, I think part of the reason why is that my TV doesn't have a Crunchyroll app, and I'm way too lazy to boot up my Xbox or PlayStation. Um, wow. When I can just get it on my, uh, you know, through my special means and access it through a separate app on my TV. That is, um, that is extreme laziness. <laughs> to be fair, though, like, I've been used to doing this, right, too? Like, it's one of those things where, like, I've been doing this now the way I've been watching anime has been the same for probably, I I gotta say at least fifteen years, right? Like I, that's how long I've been using some a Plex. <clears throat> that's how long I've been using Plex, and um, I don't see myself changing anytime soon. Um, it's just hard when you're used to do using something uh, to change over. Um, cause, mm. So, actually, I'll tell you this. I have not been using Plex for 15 years. I've been using it for 13 years. And I say that because I just looked how old Plex was. And uh, I started Plex, like, the second year it was a service. Um, And I I loved, I've used it ever since. So. Hmm. All right. So, um, and I believe the official notice that went out is that these prices will go into effect January 28th of 2025 so um my subscriptions are up in april so i'll be affected a little later personally i mean i wonder if your grandfather price will still stay i hope so (laughs) they're gonna be like finally be like oh these these guys are nickel and diming us we've been using our service for so long let's finally kill those services yeah Mm mm-hmm I mean, that's what, basically what they did on, on services like HBO, right? They basically said, this service, this tier-level subscription no longer exists. Um, that, so you, we originally signed up, you're like, you can have this forever, but now it no longer exists, so right. therefore, you, don't have, you have to get the new one if you want to keep using it. Yep. 
All right. And now it's time to get in our mid-season impressions, the bulk of this particular episode. Uh, our first show for discussion is Seventh Time Loop. Yep. So um, I one thing I wanted to mention right before I started was I'm watching a hell of a lot of anime this season. Um, I track mm-hmm. I track everything on fun. I, I like still using my anime list. Um, boomer, whatever. Uh, it just helps keep keep my list up to date. It makes me look at it and feel fuzzy things. Um, I'm watching like 20 shows this season, and it's insane how many I am watching. And I was I, I, I literally this show. I was like, you talked about it, Jero, and I was like. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a shot. And at the time I was like watching already had 15 shows dedicated. I was like, you know what? I've Mm -hmm. already hit that point where it's like, there's no return. So let's just keep piling on. And so (laughs) I picked this one up (laughs) and I got to say, I I actually kind of enjoyed it. First off. um, I feel like this isn't your traditional villainous show, which is why I Mm kind of liked it. You know, when, when, people say villainous show i think we often tend to go back to like this reincarnated from you know isekai show into a game or something like that right Mm -hmm. yeah where they know they're the villain and this show it's not that's not really the case she does uh die she just comes back to life and seven times it's essentially happened or this is the seventh time Mm -hmm. um so i've been really enjoying this kind of show because uh you know rishi as a character is just She's great, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like having her kind of push back against, uh, you know, Hein, um, or Arnold, whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, this that that kind of interactions between the two is is really fu- is like it's entertaining to watch. I really love to see how Riche kind of, you know, how she's changed how she like, you know, she's not your typical princess. She, you know, she does sword fighting and stuff like that. And I've really liked that kind of aspect. And I think the show has kind of stayed consistently strong, you mm-hmm. know, watching her kind of get into these antics um, with Arnold. And even like in the, there was like this sort like mini two or three episode arc with her and uh, Theodore, uh, Arnold's brother, kind of like, I thought that was like just handled very entertainingly. It was very interesting, you know, watching her, you know, kick the ass of all the people that kidnapped her was just kind of funny. Um, I just, I just really like the show. I think, I think it's just, it's, it's better than your average, like calling it just a, a, you know, villainous show, I think does it a little bit of a disservice. Yeah. Even though it has villainous in the title. (laughs) I I agree because like, and and I, I think I was the one that talked about it uh, during the, during the preview. Okay. Yeah, because Jero was like, I, I do not give a shit about villainous shows. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't care. <laughs> um, but, but like, this one, like you said, it's really not your typical villainous show. Um, she, she doesn't have any, any powers. Like, it's not a game world. Um, she doesn't know the plot. Like, you know, the, like, is the stereotypical, um, uh, uh, plot device for, for villainous yeah. shows. Is that like, oh, I know the plot, so I have to, this certain thing or whatever like, well, not... she she does kind of know the plot because she knows in five years arnold is going to try to take over the world and cause a massive war right well that, that's what i'm saying is that like she she has lived through this experience so she knows more or less what's going to happen but it's not that like oh i i'm i'm a teenage girl who just remembers this game 
Um, it's like I've every I've tried living life differently seven times, and every time I've I've died because of something that's happened because of this one dude, um, including the one time that he literally killed her. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it, the her 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 power is like her life experience, and you know like how she's like she knows how to make medicine because she she spent a, a lifetime as a, an, an apothecary or. Um, five years yeah, exactly like you know i mean it, it was technically a lifetime because she died <laughs> fair fair <laughs> she you know she she spent some time as a as a maid so she has like special special cleaning abilities and yeah that's and, a little uh, bit of a stretch but yeah well no but like she she learned how to lock pick and stuff like you know because mm -hmm. she had to get her her mistress out of her her bedroom when she whatever she was being a little brat um, but you know, th like things like that, and I'm like, it. She, she's competent and and cool, and you just like kind of like seeing her be good at what she does. Um, and the romance is is there, but it's it's definitely more stereotypical in in a shojo sense where like you have a, a mysterious brooding uh, yeah. male character, and you know she's like gradually falling for him or whatever. But and he and he's like love at first sight with her. Um, but uh, but yeah no I've I've really enjoyed. Um, funny enough, like uh, the the show is is doing pretty well like in the in the rankings. Um, like I think anime trends or whatever if you if you pay any attention to those, and uh, it's really sweet seeing like the author um, you know be happy about that like when it ranks high <laughs> on on Twitter. Um, and, and so I just I just thought that was cool. I was like oh. You know, I, I like seeing someone happy about their anime adaptation being being good. <laughs> yeah, like I'll say this: like it, it's kind of surprising to know too, because it's like traditionally this kind of show doesn't really do well. I'm not saying it does poorly, mm -hmm. but it doesn't do well. Like people don't tend to go, "Man, did you see Seventh Time Loop this week?" Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's really I think it's it's been really solid. You know, we're like six or seven episodes in, stays it's been consistently good throughout. So. I'm enjoying it. And our next series, Level 99 Villainess, is one that I, I think falls a little bit more in the yeah. traditional villainess. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Tropes. Yeah. And this is another show that I picked up after hearing you guys talk about it. <laughs> um, and I was like, I decided to, to, to pick it up. And I've, I, think, I, I think I enjoy this more. Than, like, I think objectively, Seventh Time Loop is probably better. But, um, <laughs> I think I enjoy, you know, level 99 way more. Um, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. As a character, uh, Yumela mm -hmm. is just 10 out of 10. Um, I, I love her. Like, and that's the thing too. Like, did you watch the first two episodes when you did the preview or did you only see the first one? Just first. I, I, I didn't watch any of them uh, for the preview. Like I started this one after the fact. Yeah, this is definitely a show where you have to watch two. Right. Like the first episode, so much of it is dedicated to Alicia, who is the you know heroine of the game, right? The whole point is this is she's dead, she reincarnates. Um, and it, the first part of the game or, or anime plays out like it's the game, you know, so it shows off Alicia and what she's doing, even though she's not the main character at all of the series. Um, and Yumela really, she kind of pops in the last, I think, like five or six minutes. Um, and they talk about her a little bit, but she like she's such a fun character to watch because like she's like 
so much in a way like I just don't understand. Like I just do these things, and I'm level ninety nine, right? Um, and it's it was so funny, like watching her kind of react to things. Like, hey, we need to level up. All right, well, let me just use this flute thing to summon all the monsters, and everyone around her is freaking out. Like, we don't want these monsters. We're trying to train. He's like, but this isn't efficient. And then she's like, all right, I'll trap all the monsters now. Just see these defenseless monsters. Walk up and stab them, please. And it's just. She just has no idea context of how scared everyone is around her. And it's just absolutely hilarious. And I think she's just so much fun to watch. And that's kind of where I, I sit. She's got, she's got gamer mentality like yeah. when it comes to like farming experience and, and maxing out your gains and that kind of thing. Where, whereas these people are like, who in their right mind would take off their amulet of protection for a, for an experience boosting amulet. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I like the show quite a bit. Um, and, and again, like like you said, it really comes down to Yumiella and um, her personality. Like she's very deadpan, which is where a lot of the humor comes from. Yeah. Um, I I think the show got better for me when Patrick showed up. Like be, just because, um, like the 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 protagonist harem characters, right? Um, they're a bunch of dickbags. And they just treat her like crap for literally no reason. Um, Except for the fact that they're they're like, oh, you're lied about being level 99. Yeah, of course, jealous. Um, And and like, it was just nice to have someone for her to like connect to on a human level. Um, And, and so that, yeah, that like, that kind of expanded it for me. But um, I, between the two, I think, like I said, I think level nine, uh, seven time loop is the better show. Um, this one is definitely though a fun watch for me. Yeah. I think that's where I kind of say it is like, and and I do, I know if you want to sit back to on, on the fact that I think it's interesting. And to be fair, I haven't watched or read all the villainous stuff, but a lot of the Mm -hmm. villainous stuff I tend to read, you know, it's tend to be the villainous. They turned out, Oh, she's made the villainous a good character. And then all the, you know, heroes uh, uh, fall in love with the villainous character. Well, in this way around, you know, as you said, the the heroes are all dick bot, dick bags, and you know, no one. They're like terrible human beings, and the real kind of romantic characters between this random, you know, NPC guy that was in the other game, probably. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I definitely think this is kind of fun to watch, and again, surprising just how much good how good it is considering it this one is definitely the traditional villainous show yeah it's very it's also very much like a one punch man um type of scenario where like you know she'll they'll they'll enter a competition and and she's like well i guess i'll i'll try out my magic and she summons a black hole yeah. um, <laughs> she's very... like, i don't know what's wrong about this and patrick's hiding he's like he sees it oh i love how, I love how... <laughs> I love how Patrick first looked at him, and then she looked straight at Patrick, and then Patrick was like, "I'm not far enough back. I gotta <laughs> back further now, right?" Because because she looked at him, and she's like, "I'll you know I'll I'll make sure I can do something flashy enough for you to see from all the way back there." And he's like, "Oh," and like runs away even more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, just her lack of common sense is is really funny. So <laughs> yeah. Okay, our next show is A Sign of Affection. Um, Halfway through, we have seen uh, developments in the relationship between Yuki and Itsuomi. Um, They are dating now by this point in the series. 
And it's been pretty interesting from the perspective of, of watching Yuki's nervous excitement over the everything that's happened in these past several episodes. And also you're you're still trying to I feel like Hitsuomi, there's still a a mystery to him where he has these moments where he kind of uh speaks uh like well of Yuki and, and you feel like this is someone that genuinely does like her, but um there's still like that little bit of like hey, we don't know what's going on right now. And then she has the childhood friend that's pretty bitter about how things have developed there. And uh, now we're going to see Yuki get to know Itsuomi more in his world. Um, episode six ends with him introducing her to one of his friends. Yeah, I think Yuki still remains to be the cutest, uh, most adorable uh <laughs> protagonist of the season um like you just can't help but want to hug her and be like mm -hmm. you're loved um must protect yes um which is bad thing because that's uh a, a ableist um but you know <laughs> to be fair even if she could hear just her adorableness makes me want to yeah. do that um yeah. but anyway I, i'll say this like i i think that um i definitely have enjoyed the relationship part between itsume uh, and Yuki, and um, I'm definitely curious to see how this builds. I don't know, knowing that this is only going to be one core, I don't think we'll get a whole lot out of it. Right. Um, but I definitely feel like that relationship is something I would love to see, you know, because again, like there's this part of me that goes, Oh, you know, Itsumi wants to take Yuki traveling and do all this stuff, but like that kind of lifestyle is not for everyone. So I'm, I do want to see some drama there. Like right now, Oshi, um, the childhood friend, you know, he really is like not in the game, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I do want there to be some kind of level of competition. Like, I just don't want to see this one-sided, just one-sided romance between Itsuomi and Yuki. Obviously there could be some interesting points there uh, in terms of challenges that you would have to overcome dating, mm -hmm. you know, someone who's deaf. I just don't think the show is necessarily portraying it that way, right? Right. Um, and I, I would love to see that more um, because Itsuomi tends to be like the greatest guy ever who's just like, yeah, let me learn sign language and let me do that. Um, the one thing I do like is just how fast things are progressing and it feels very much authentic to how a relationship would work over what anime tends to always teach you how right. relationships yeah. work in Japan, which is like you get all blushy faced and you know, you don't want to necessarily come out and say you're dating until you've known each other for months and right. get the courage yeah. in the real world. And I'm sure, you know, it's the exact same way in <clears> Japan <throat> is most relationships are like, Hey, I like you. Yeah. Let's just do a date. And it's less of mm -hmm. a cutesy back and forth. And so I did like how that like Itsuomi was just out on it was like, Hey, mm -hmm. let's be in a relationship together. I might be going out for a month. I just, I don't want anything to happen. I want to know, you know, we're in this relationship now. And so I think that was pretty, uh, yeah. I really liked how that kind of progressed so quickly. Yeah, because they're, which also kind of makes sense that they're college students, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. It's like, that get, get rid of that weird yeah. experiences that you've already had in middle school, high school, all that stuff. Exactly. Although, again, they're still kind of doing it with a couple of the other characters, like the B couple, uh, Rin and 
uh, Kyoya. They still have that kind of like cutesy mm-hmm. phase, which I just like date already. Come on, you're adults, people. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's the other thing too is I do like the B couple. Like, well, they don't give them a lot of attention. They're just interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious to also see how the dynamic works between Emma and Shin, because obviously I feels like Shin has something for Emma. We don't really know the relationship, what happened to Emma and Itomi. It looks like that'll be discovered in the next episode. So, right, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was a funny scene when Yuki stayed at Itsuomi's and Emma came over, and Emma wanted to try to like get her all uh, uh, jealous or whatever by yelling something, not even knowing that she was deaf. Yeah, it's like, oh, why should why should she she had to hear that, right? Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yep. Um. So. Staying on the uh, romance stuff, Dangerous in My Heart, Season 2. The past several episodes have been really good because we have been seeing Ichikawa fight against his confidence. And by the end of these last uh, two, three, or four episodes or or so, has has really pulled through in a way that has uh, made Anna's face uh, bright red in embarrassment. Yeah, t- talking about the the puppy love uh, kind of thing <laughs> comparison, like th- this is really what this show is all about, right? Like, and just the the slow progression and um, and you know, seeing seeing all the small steps that they're that they're taking, but which again, like, makes sense because they're, they're kids, younger. like you know, like they're thirteen years old. Um, uh, also, Steve, what, what, what do you think about this season? Because I've read the manga, me and I think Jero has too, yeah. so. Yeah, it, to me, it's one of those things where what I really appreciate about the show, even though I said all the things about the last thing, um, oh, yeah, yeah. To, to me, this show makes more sense because, again, they're, as you said, they're younger. And the other thing, too, is, you know, with Ichikawa, right, there's there's very much a personality thing here. And I think him struggling with his own personality is something that is really interesting and something i don't feel is as common like i know like we're not really going to talk about uh uh, uh the I can't think of the name jakarta kun show with the the bottom tier character right uh, we don't really have that on our list but like for that show kind of does tackle the personality bits a little bit more but kind of gamifies it mm-hmm. well this one feels more authentic right um like it's it's something like especially like i i get him right like the the whole like nervousness trying to fight your your tendencies to want to be that introvert not really you know speak out like i i definitely have those moments and have had those moments a lot growing up too mm-hmm. where it's like you know when i'm by myself and not with friends i can just feel like real nervous and i've had to fight that personality and i do love how he how they really convey that through ichikawa um and I, I love I've loved seeing him grow too, you know. E- even in like the the most recent episode with, you know, having him, you know, him and uh, Hara kind of talk to each other and that kind of him like rec- Hara say like, "Hey, me and you are alike," you know. And I was like, really get those vibes, and I um I really appreciate that. So I've been really digging yeah. into the season and kind of enjoying watching them actually kind of grow and willing to say things out loud more and kind of get confident. So, um, yeah, I've been digging this season. This show, this show is definitely top tier in terms of those vibes and feelings you get. 
Yeah, this one, uh, it's it's actually, it's, it stands out to me this season in particular because I feel like it's finally getting a little bit of the recognition it deserved. Um, season one, I thought, was also extremely good. Um, but it, like, again, maybe because it was on high dive, people just weren't paying as much attention to it. And I know that definitely, like, the first three episodes kind of turned people off with, like, you know, his, like, oh, I want to kill her and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like finally, um, you know, with season two, the word of mouth has spread and it, it's, it is just one of those shows that like it consistently just gets better every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really because the story actually builds on everything that comes before it. And you see the progression, you see the, the growth. Um, like one of the hypest episodes for me was episode six uh, of season two with the, with the speech because like it wasn't even like yeah, a romantic yeah. moment it was just you know seeing like ichikawa like basically like reaffirm himself and his you know like you know that you when you were when you were younger and you had all that like confidence like that was the real you like you know like you you have to be like that and i appreciate that like he he also even though like he had that moment of realization like he didn't immediately completely change like he's still kind of going like back and forth a little bit, but again, like mm-hmm. making those small steps, and and that's like what makes the the story like really special. Yeah, in my opinion, it's kind of funny in a way how a lot of these rom com shows you kind of notice that you know it's it's the one male character in a lot of surrounding girl characters, so he doesn't really have that other male voice to bounce off of, but they gave mm-hmm. him a fictional character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the fictional character he bounces off of too. Like yeah. just the, the whole like copy to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Believe in the me who believes in you. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh but but even then, like like with season two, like um you know, especially the most recent episode, Kanzaki was like yeah. was like, Man, people people say you're a good guy, right? Like yeah. the his his self esteem comes from like his self esteem issues come from like his own head. And and again, like that's what the dangers in my heart refers yeah. to, um, and and again, like it's it's a very it's a slow process, but you know I think the the payoff is going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Kansaki, that was really funny in this latest episode when <laughs> he overheard Ichikawa and Har talking, it and he's like, "I'm going to kill you," and it just falls <laughs> him off dark face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the I will say Yamada's. Uh, Yandere moments <laughs> whenever she gets jealous mm-hmm. are like whenever you see it you're just like oh yeah. <laughs> she will kill you <laughs> she's yeah. the one you got to worry about all right uh so next up is hokkaido girls are super adorable i would say of the ones that we just talked about this would definitely be like in terms of quality a step down but it's still like you know, cute Garu. Um, you have uh, Shiki, who's still kind of, you know, he's still a character that's kind of coming into his own, and we still have yet to see um, what kind of like troubles he'll be facing in the series. Um, you know, we already see that he kind of has a, a very strict grandmother that mm-hmm. uh, is putting him in the position of you got to got get top ten in the quest or uh, in the in the exams or I'm going to send you back yeah. to Tokyo. Um, so 
it's been it's been fine, and we have the the third girl, Rena, that was introduced, very cute, um, and uh, yeah, now we got the three main girls in the series, and now we can kind of like take off from there, I believe, for the second half of season one. Yeah, this is definitely the weakest of all the romance shows. Um, I actually even debated dropping this at one point. Um, I think. <sighs> I think to me where I kind of sit is that I like the girls, but I think Subasa is, is feels very weak, right? You know, as a character, uh, maybe they just haven't flushed him out enough, but the whole, like, he's, you know, this sheltered rich boy, you know, it's like cool, but like, you know, where's the, the, uh, where's the conflict here? Like everything right. seems to be going very smoothly for him, right? Like his grandmother yelling at him because he was out late. <laughs> feels very generic mm-hmm. um like antagonism um for the most part for him it's just more like hey here's cute girls that all seem to like him um and there is some i guess a little bit of tension between fuyuki and akino um because they both recognize that they kind of like him and mm-hmm. akino kind of mm-hmm. wants to let fuyuki take care because she knew him first and that a little bit of drama there, but it just doesn't feel like enough to fully keep me satiated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah. entertaining enough to kind of keep mm-hmm. with, and I think that's where I kind of sit. Yeah, with Shiki, he's missing what uh got us um attached to Gojo from Dress Up Darling, where you know, he's yeah. a kid, but he has this incredible skill set and this earnestness in working with uh Marine that Shiki doesn't quite have yet. No. Yeah, and 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 also it's like I think the progression of of Marin like falling for Gojo, um, it took it took like five episodes for you know for that like we all remember the 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 train scene where you know he subconsciously called her beautiful and and she you know like just lit up and you're like oh there it is you can yeah. pick the moment she fell in love with with where well like with this one it just kind of feels a little too quick for me right like they introduced Akino and then like by the end of her episode, like it, it seems like he's already in love with him. And I'm like, I'm like, man, like this dude is really just pulling chicks left and right. <laughs> I, I need to move to Hokkaido. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that said, I, I, I am enjoying the show. Um, the, uh, the OP and ending themes are, are bops. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like the, uh, I, the uh the 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 Valentine's episode I thought was really good, like with you know Fuyuki and uh her uh messing up her, her cookies and stuff and right. like you can tell she's right. you know, she's a she's a hard worker and she put a lot into that and you know, him busted out the piano skills to mm-hmm. uh, you know, using his rich boy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> background to, to make her feel better. I was like, sweet. Um yeah. but no, I, you know, again, this is one of those shows where it's like I don't think about it too much. It comes out and I'm like, oh, to watch yeah. and then just move on yeah. but uh but jerry you you've read the manga like it is it like does it like get better like it does, does it, um, um it kept your uh, interest yeah I, I would say what you've seen with the the grandmother in terms mm-hmm. of her strictness is just a, a a small glimpse into what his family is like in the overall um, okay gotcha. yeah and i i just don't i don't think they're gonna get into that into season one unless mm-hmm. they kind of fast forward through some chapters or something but we'll see gotcha um the mom was also pretty nice too yeah. 
to say. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And age appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for us, yes. Yeah, it yeah. still has the Moe thing. <laughs> All right. Got a little bit of a face full, and she didn't seem to mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up is wrong way to use healing magic. Um, we are about to get into uh, the war arc against uh, the Demon Lord army and all that stuff. And I think the the past two or three episodes, I think, have been quite good in setting up, like, uh, for, like, uh, oh, shoot, I'm going to I'm gonna forget the names. Uh, Kanzaki or so in the recent episode. Uh, yeah, uh, Kanzaki, uh, Usato, and uh, Inukami. Yeah, so Kanzaki in speaking about, honestly, like, being scared of going into battle and Inukami talking about liking being in this world and all that stuff and then seeing a little bit more with Rose and her past and that she's dealt with the demons that she she just went up there and just destroyed their bridge. <laughs> oh, we'll just buy you <laughs> five few days. Yeah. <laughs> Through a log at them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think the strength of this show to me is how it handles its characters. And it's actually just really giving giving the time to to have us grow to to care about them. Um, like I said, I I really like Usato. You know, he he started off as kind of like like oh I'm just along for the ride and and you know whatever. But like he's found his resolve and um, I, I appreciated like his little one on one with Inukami. Um, and you can kind of see how she's. Uh, starting to like him a little bit more even yeah. even more than just for his uh muscles <laughs> yeah and and rose rose to me is like just the best character from the show like like she's already a badass and, and stuff but like you know getting a little bit more into her head and you know it's like seeing that she regrets losing people um and that's why she started like she you know she's a badass warrior but like mm -hmm. you know she she's dedicated herself to the rescue squad and all <laughs> that like you know, I, I think so far, um, and I could be wrong, but, like, I, I think that this has only covered, like, we're still in the first, like, light novel volume. Oh. And mm. it could be, like, they're they're using the entire season just to adapt the first volume. And and I think that's great, like, because typically you see, like, like you know, like Don Machi, for example, like, they covered the first volume in three episodes, right? Um Whereas this one's using its 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 entire length of its season to like build up its characters and stuff, and I, I think that's a smart way to do it, in my opinion. I mean, I think you do run the risk, mm -hmm. and I think um, some of the training stuff has been good, but you do run the risk of it dragging on, right? It's like mm -hmm. being this isekai kind of promising this war, big fight. Um, it it has been taking a little while to get there. Um, I do enjoy the character moments. Um, but it is one of those things where I can, I do kind of understand where things can feel a little bit dragged on. Um, but I, I too have been kind of enjoying this, this, this season and I'm just pretty excited to get, finally get into the war stuff. I think that's, we're going to yeah. see things kind of open up a little bit more and, you know, especially yeah. Usato as a character, I'm curious to see how he adapts and, and changes through this. The, the mm -hmm. premonition of, um, you know, like what, what he saw happening to his friends yeah. and, uh. I, I can't wait, like, because I feel like we're going to see him getting to get into and he's going to realize, oh, I'm strong. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we haven't we haven't had that that realization. Um, so that I think that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think if he's being trained by Rose, he might run circles around all of the soldiers that are fighting. <laughs> just to... yeah, I really, I really am curious to see how he fights because I think like that's one of the things where we're not really getting any good. <clears throat> I guess like h- how strong is he? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, compared to everyone else, you know, well, obviously Rose is like a monster, right? Yeah. I think so... um, when he he was carrying around Blue Rin. And then Inukami was like, let me carry him. And then she just like, can't lift him up. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> All right, so next up is Chained Soldier, uh, Mato, Say Hi, No Slave. Show the season. Yeah, it's been lewd. It's been all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the... You know, I think there's a lot of talk about like the studio that it's adapting this and the quality and the unfortunate reality is that it's an etchy show. It's not going to get. I'd love to say, hey, you Fotables animating this <laughs> slave show mm-hmm. or Madhouse or something like that, but it, it's it's not that. It's ne- not going to be the case. So you kind of beggars can't be choosers. You take what you get, and I think it's been enjoyable enough for what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the. Was- was one of us here reading the manga? Was I it, am. How, you've been watching the anime and reading the manga. Like, how is it comparing? Like, outside of animation, obviously. <clears throat> yeah. Like, is they been doing anything dramatic in terms of story shift and telling? Um, no. Or is it just... No. It's been okay. pretty much the same. If anything, I'm actually kind of annoyed. They, like... So there was a scene where they were in the bath. And they redrew some things to to not... to like, cover stuff i always think like, less lewd yeah yeah i agree yeah it's like come oh, on like if you're gonna bastards like there's you're gonna show nipples in this scene but then you're gonna redraw it differently here like, why not just draw it the same as it is in the manga like, maybe there's a <laughs> nipple quota you know, yeah. only allowed to show so much <laughs> nipple yeah. before they have to pay some sort of fine for showing yeah. too much nipple it's like 10 seconds perhaps or whatever <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a real thing, you know, in America, you know, you can yeah, say like so the, many F words or right, so many yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just one of those things too there. And so they're like, all right, to meet our quotas, we can only do this much. Dude, <laughs> stop. The nipple budget. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, though, that like, yes, I know anime blue, the, the animation or whatever hasn't been, but like the, the episode where it was like Shushu fighting against, um, uh, what's the sleepy girl's name? Oh, you know, oh it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, she's you know big girl, big tits with the with the egg hair. Um, right. I thought I thought that episode had pretty decent um, animation, um, which was which was funny because like it was you know like kind of like a one off, <laughs> like nothing special about about it. It was just like <laughs> these two characters fighting. I was mm-hmm. like, this, why mm-hmm. does this look better than everything else? Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's when they draw the human characters doing things, mm. it feels like the animation isn't so bad. It's when, only when they really do the Mato stuff, and including when yeah. Yuki turns into a, uh, essentially a Mato, um, right? I feel like that's mm. where they put in a lot of the CGI and where it can be very contrasting to everything else going on. So mm. it's weird. You're right. Um, maybe it's just that it's, you know, Mato are blobless, and they're like, "We'll save money this way by doing that," mm-hmm. um, which makes some he, sense. But, mm-hmm. but I, I will say his his transformation looked pretty cool when he did the um, like the fusion between mm-hmm. the two masters. Yeah, um, and and also like the, his fight with um, 
uh, the one girl and her sister. Um, I thought that was pretty good too. Like, yeah. so I mean, yeah. I, I I like to joke that it's like, oh, it's the best show of the season because it's got mm-hmm. boobies in it. Um, but I'm I'm actually like legitimately enjoying it. Yeah, I really do mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> yeah, it it it's it's yeah, it's just straight ahead like fun action stuff, mood mm-hmm. rewards and stuff. I liked uh, mm-hmm. Himari's with uh, getting a drink of water. <sighs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I get. It. Yeah, I think it's kind of this. It's it's it it itches that <laughs> you know pervy primal side in you that's just like I want to sit back and enjoy something for not being overly serious. You know, it's like it's like you don't watch Fast and Furious to get a good plot. You just yeah. watch it to mm-hmm. see the cool action stunt scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, I I, I kind of resent the the idea of like oh. It, you want to see boobs on just look at porn or whatever like like sometimes i want to watch something with a plot <laughs> <laughs> and plot yeah uh-huh. with multiple plots yeah more than more right. than just one plot it's a backstory yeah. yeah and not have to jump hoops to sail to seas or anything like that yeah we we all live in north carolina <laughs> and fun fact here our uh our our uh, our, our our governing body in North Carolina hates porn. Um, so they passed a law that you actually have to get age verified and sign up and register yourself to watch some sites. So oh. <laughs> send in, uh, send in your, uh, your picture ID. Are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> and I totally know this because I watch the news, <clears throat> not because yes. I try to visit these sites and get blocked. Exactly. <laughs> totally. All right, so that's how we that's how we all learned about it. Yeah. Uh, so our next show, I feel like, is kind of similar in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Tales of Wedding Rings. Um, the Lord now, of the Bitches. Yeah. So this one, it's not like there's not a lot of action going on. It's really just like, Sato collecting these five waifus, and just depends on like which waifu you like the most and. You know, very just little bits of development, like um, the the other guy that's been journeying around with them. Um, I, I do want to me- I do want to mention the uh, the older guy, uh, Alabaster. He he's been pretty mm-hmm. funny in the show. Like <laughs> sometimes his voice actors does these like these high screeches <laughs> in his voice that just really cracks me up. <laughs> the the fact that he was uh the. the- an elf princess back in his day was was pretty good um mm-hmm. and and yeah like again this is a kind of a guilty pleasure even though i i feel absolutely zero guilt uh yeah. watching it mm-hmm. <laughs> um like it, it just it, it it's this show feels very old school and and it makes me sad that old school is like early 2000s but again i think it's it's not overly gratuitous like you know like there are scenes where like you know you'll get like nipples every now like the the, like the thing that got me so like you go the whole thing and then suddenly like see boobies and you're like whoa i didn't know that was this kind of show yeah and then you know it just kind of happens every now and again you're like neat i appreciate i'm shaking my head up and down while while i said that (laughs) nice it's like yeah Uh, Um, but again, I, I kind of like the setup of like, you know, he has to gather these princesses. So he, like, he kind of has to build a harem, 
but at the same time, like he's very dedicated to the one girl, like he, you know, to this world for and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, again, I I I don't know. I I think I probably like Train Soldier more than than this one, but this one's also pretty decent in my opinion. Yeah, I I would agree with that. That I like Chain Soldier more, and. uh it's been a little interesting how he's gotten a different wives. Like this fourth one just immediately kissed him as soon as he got into country. <laughs> Low effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next show is the unwanted undead adventurer. Yeah. So this is a show that we forgot to talk about. <laughs> um, or, you know, like it was just one that I wanted to talk about when we did the season preview. Um, but we just didn't really get to. Um, I guess quick premise is you have Rent. Uh, he, you know, is it's a standard fantasy. He's an adventurer. He's going in a dungeon, and then he gets killed by a massive dragon, um, and then he wakes up as a skeleton, um, who then ends up through leveling up as a skeleton goes into different monster forms, and they have this ability to kind of transform so he's becoming more human-like as he gets to be a different monster. Um, like, you know, I've watched every episode. I'm not going to sit there and pretend that this is amazing, but I, I've been enjoying this quite a bit. I think Rint as a character is just likable. His relationship with uh, Lorraine, who's mm -hmm. kind of like his, you know, his un spoken love interest she obviously very clearly likes rent um at least when he was alive and even when he's dead she very clearly likes him still <laughs> um you know it's it's one of those things where uh them as a characters and their interaction i quite like them a lot um you know it action wise scenes obviously could animation pretty low effort mm -hmm. um but just Even watching better. yeah but watching rent kind of like you know train these two up-and-comers while he's trying to kind of navigate his new world as this kind of undead monster um, and the difficulties that is. I just, I've been enjoying it quite a bit, and I think it's consistently been interesting enough mm -hmm. um, to kind of keep me kind of engaged. I, I've also been keeping up with this one. I will say that this show is the most mid-show of the season. And and I'm saying that in, in like, when I say mid I mean, I mean it in the truest sense where it's like, it's not a great show, but it's also not like a bad show. Like, it's just smack dab in the middle. Um, yeah, I can't argue with that. <laughs> you know? And it's like, uh, you know, I'll then again, like, I just forget about it until it comes. Oh, yeah, the show. And then I'm not like excited to see it or anything, but like, it's it's just competent enough to keep me keep me going along with it so and and like again anime blue would say like this is it you know like the, it, the story is decent but the adaptation is not good mm -hmm. um if that makes any sense right like it, it could just be so much better like when it comes to like character designs and animation yeah and and stuff but but like steve said you know seeing how he's navigating being a skeleton then a zombie now a ghoul and you know the the fact that like he's he's an experienced adventurer who never was able, yeah, um, yeah. kind of like rank up. 
and his goal is to be like a, the the max tier adventurer. So, Steve, here's a question I have: Do it doesn't seem like adventurers have like a level or anything like in this? Like it's not it's not an isekai for one thing, but also there doesn't seem to be any like game mechanics for like normal people. Um, do do you think that's like because I don't because it, it doesn't make sense for him to have been an adventurer that long <laughs> and like not quote unquote level up right? Um, I it, think it's, it's just kind of like you're as strong as you are. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about this show is it's mm-hmm. um, obviously there's a little bit of a game mechanic in there. You know, he has well, now, well, yeah, like once he once he monsters, becomes a, a monster, that's the game well, element where like he's getting stronger as he evolves. Yeah, I think I think for for this show is it's more about as you said, it's more about skill level. There's obviously some sort of magic, I think, mm-hmm. aptitude and affinity because. You know, the one girl said like, she can only cast a few spells before, you know, she felt tired. Um, so there's probably is some system, but it's not quantified like a lot of things. Like, let me yeah. put your hand on an orb and you're level 99. You know, it's like, right, right. you know, that, that kind of system doesn't exist. You know, you level up as you get more confident, as you get more skilled. Um, but you're not necessarily, you're, you're right. You're not, obviously, rent has a little bit of that and what his new life is like. Kind of very similar to that as solo leveling in a lot of ways. Um, but it it is definitely, th- that's not the case here. Like, you have rank ranks for your adventurer level for what jobs you can get, but that's more of like a precautionary, hey, make sure you're only taking jobs you're capable of doing. So I do think if there's one thing that the show kind of holds back on, I think it's a solid fantasy show, but it does hold back on that. I feel like it does... There's too much hand holding, right? Like people a lot of care. Explanation. Yeah, well, not just that. It's just like the the guild is very much concerned about its people and wants to make sure you're not overdoing it. And it's just like they live in a world where there's monsters and ghouls, and it's like real fantasy esque. But they have like support systems, like it was you know the most lefty you know socialist economy ever. <laughs> um, I'll say like. That to me seems a little bit awkward, but overall, like as I said, it, like it's enjoyable. I think I like Rint as a character, and I like I said Lorraine as a character. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely kind of curious to see where it's going to go, um, because it, it does. I will say, like that's probably the one big drawback about the show is it feels like it's not going anywhere. Like, what's it going? Like, is this goal just to become, you know, mithril? Uh, not just mithril, but become like a human now, right? To get as human yeah. as possible. Um, is there no other kind of extenuating backplots to like, yeah. you know, big monsters invading the world or something like that? Because like I, that, I think would I, definitely kind of holds it back some too. Yeah, I guess, I guess my question is like, is this a show that's going to be too core? Because it definitely is is paced like one. Um, Right now, it's only twelve episodes, so okay, that's a little, that's a little like disappointing. We'll have to like, wait I, and I, see I, if it's worth yeah. watching or not. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. I think I think mm-hmm. I have kind of an anime itch right now. You know, like I tend to fluctuate between hobbies. Like I never end anything, but some hobbies just take a lot. Like I end up focusing real heavily on during different times of the year based on my mood. And right now, mm. anime is that itch I have, and I think this one fits into that. And I think again, if you do like fantasy, it's it's not a bad show. Like we're calling it yeah. mid, but it's not a bad show if you do enjoy fantasy, right? Mm. If you enjoy fantasy, this is something to to get into. And obviously, it's not going to 
beat some of the other great fantasy shows airing this season, but you know, it does its job. It's no free room. <laughs> it's no free room, but it's no like delicious a dungeon or you know it's a yeah, lot of great it. fantasy right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh our next show is solo leveling. I really wish XCOM was here. Um <laughs> and not because he's dead. Which <laughs> sounds like like I wish he was here. Um, pour, pour one out for XCOM. <laughs> it's just that um, I, I really would love his take on what's going on because I think as a show, I've really been enjoying this. Mm-hmm. As a weekly show, this has been absolutely torture to watch. Um, but I can't stop watching it weekly because I want to know what happens next. Um, but I've been enjoying this so far. I think, you know, watching um, uh, Sung Jin Woo um kind of become you know giga chad is been very entertaining right like just watching him kind of get those skills and his sister uh jen just like i just love how she's like well i guess guys still grow in their 20s um i just i kind of love that attitude she had um but I, I'm just no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I just think it's just very entertaining. I've watched, I've loved watching him kind of level up. I've loved kind of the, the I think the action has been very well animated. Um, you know, seeing him even kind of like in not the this week's episode, but the week before, kind of having to kill those guys off and like almost struggle with that decision. Like you know, killing monsters is one thing, but having to kill humans is, you know, I'll do it because the game tells me to do it. Um, I think. Just the idea well, of the game well, mechanics. He was, he was gonna he was gonna die if he didn't do it, right? Yeah, but yeah, that's that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like the game he's playing forced him to do it, right? Right. Um, I just think you know, I, I will say like in kind of doing those game mechanics. I feel like can be somewhat ham. They can make it feel very formulaic. But I think the way the show is handling the game mechanics and giving him these daily things and stuff like that, I think has been very entertaining to watch. So. I, I've been digging this adaptation, so I'm just I, again. Uh, we definitely got to get XCOM some point to talk about the show um, and see what his thoughts are compared to how the manga was or manhwa, excuse me, um, was and how it how this adaptation kind of holds up to it. Because I think so far it's been really really solid, even if it's been a little kind of again as I said, it feels like you want to watch the next episode right afterwards, so it kind of feels awkward. <laughs> Have you guys been watching it too weekly? I have not. Yeah, I, I kind of dropped off on episode two. Yeah, um, I mean, well, I, we know why Amro's not watching it. Yeah, Amro's <laughs> racist. I, <laughs> I I plan on. I actually do plan on it. Um, once it like maybe it's halfway through the season or something. I, I, specifically, specifically for what Steve said, <laughs> where it's like the the cliffhangers and and stuff. Um. Seems like it would get on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't, I don't like, and and I think that is not a bad attitude to have. And like, especially you know, Jero and Armor, if you decide to watch it, waiting until it's full out isn't bad, right. because it, it is one of those shows where it feels like you just want to keep going. Like, there's a, just a few of those shows that air <clears throat> from time to time where you get to that point where you're just like, I just want to keep going. I just want the next episode now. I just want to keep seeing what's happening. And I feel this show embodies that. I think the. Yeah. Each, it's not that each episode's slow paced, 
you know, it, I think the first few can feel pretty slow, obviously. But I think once they start getting his powers and we start seeing him level up and getting into these different scenarios, you really want to kind of see him go off. And I think the show does a great job of doing that on a, on a per episode basis and kind of keeping that action animation up very well and kind of like making it very entertaining to watch. Obviously, it's no Jujutsu Kaisen, but, you know, for what it is, it's it's very solid. And um, again, if, wait until it's over is not a bad idea. So. All right. I'll just leave it at that. I think I'll, I think I'll do that then. Uh, next up, Metallic Rouge. Anyone else watching this one? I'm uh, I, I have not. You guys are lucky. Um, I don't know why <laughs> I'm still watching this. This show has stayed, you know, I, I think I, my attitude to the show hasn't changed in the fact that, like, you know, I'm, we mentioned when we watched the show, after you watch the first three episodes, it feels like it's just getting to things and you're just like, slow down. I want to, like, <laughs> what is this world? Why are they here? What's happening? Why are we just kind of going, you know, you know, moment to moment to moment to moment to moment, you know, super fast beats without having those kind of like interchangeable moments where they slow down and explain why they're going there or how they got there. Um, and this show hasn't changed at all. Like even up to this episode, right? Like there was like this big reveal. And I'll spoil it for, you know, if, you don't, right. if you're watching the show, skip, skip five minutes. Uh, big reveal that Naomi, who has been traveling around with Rouge, Rouge is apparently a, uh, a spy for another group and she arrested Rouge at the end of the last episode, but it, it just felt so jarring. Like it's episode six. It's too early to be doing this. I want to, for them to establish their relationship more. It literally just felt like in the last episode, they established a relationship of like, you're not just a robot anymore. I kind of like you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, it feels so jarring and but they do have so many interesting elements. And I think that's the problem is there are interesting elements. Like they've introduced these, uh, these like these circus people that are a part of the, um, I can't remember what they're called. The, the, like the, the, like this alien group that went to war with them originally that create, that they helped create the nins to fight. Um, and so there's like, there's like all these little interesting elements, but I just don't feel like they're properly explaining anything. They're not giving that time to where like right now we should be on episode 12, I feel like, or eight or nine where it's like, there's like three or four missing episodes of just story explanation. Um, and it's disappointing to me cause I really want to still like this show. <laughs> so I still think there's like, you know, interesting elements to it. Mm-hmm. It still feels like your classic bones project. Um, it's just disappointing how it's kind of devolved into a story, you know, for them just not, not to have those elements, um, again, mm-hmm. kind of a more structured story. Yeah. So, and I was just looking, I was wondering, like, this is based off, like, this is an original. Yeah. It's an original series. It's, yeah. it's their big, uh, like 25 year, yeah. 20 year. Yeah. It's their big, big anniversary project. Um, I just wish Again, if they're going to do this, and, and especially that old classic Bones shows that they've kind of produced where it feels like, you know, it's going to be 25 episodes. It's going to have a real, you know, kind of a, a steady pace to it. Um, but this feels like they're like, this is going to be 12 episodes, so we're going to fit 25 episodes into that kind of length, maybe. Right. I don't even know. I don't, mm-hmm. there's not a, I don't think there's a stated amount. Um, it's just, it feels awkward, which is, as I said, disappointing. All right. Uh, next up is The Witch and the Beast. It's been very procedural 
so far in the first six episodes, like episodes two and three, were one arc with Guido and Ashoff, the the two main characters, and then in episodes four and five, there is a arc focused on necromancy with uh, Fenora and Johan. So two different characters, nice change of pace there in dealing with a different theme. Um, there was a, a funny moment with. Uh, are you watching? Are you keeping up with this one, Steve, or did you? No, I, this I I tried watching episode two and three. I just couldn't couldn't get in. Yeah, I, I'm kind of feeling about that way after watching episode six because, like, it's sort of like it's not totally bad. I, I just feel like unexcited by any developments that have happened so far. Um, I did want to call one funny moment in. The, uh, the arc with Fenora and Johan is the whole thing is about necromancy and Johan, they kept secret that he was um, a subject of Fenora. And then he was talking about, about how I'm not just undead. I'm the undead of a witch. I'm built different. <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, wow. That's kind of rough. So that that one, I, I, I might I might have to drop at some point. I'm not too excited about um one that i have watched recently is high card i remember watching the first episode whenever season that debuted i was like it it's fun enough i I might watch more but then i never did so now we got season two coming out and i marathon season one and then got through uh halfway of season two where we're at right now and you know it's a fun little action show with you know, you got to have a lot of buy-in to the weird themes and stuff. Like, um, at the end of season one, you know, the whole storyline was Chris, one of the guys that works at Pinochle, wanted to save his sister. So he collected these cards and he was going to play a four of a kind to save her at the cost of his own life. And okay. <laughs> and then there's like, um, Klondike is is the family of bad guys and there's a rummy college that one of the guys go to. Oh, one of the powers is really dumb. Gosh. So um, Leo is the guy that runs that specific branch that the main characters are in. And his ability is never no dollars. And he can just turn money into whatever weapons he wants to. So, <laughs> so like, there's like any weapon he wants. Like there's like not like at least like I have to spend the right amount of money to turn yeah, it into so, something. So he does have to have that because there's a scene. Uh, okay. In the final episode, where like, oh, we can't get up because he was on the Chris, this guy, he was on top of a, at the very top of a Ferris wheel doing this whole thing. So they made this ramp to drive the cars up there, like ignoring streets and stuff. But at some point, it stopped. He's like, I've run out of funds. (laughs) (laughs) So it's one of those things. It's it's kind of silly and kind of dumb, but yeah, it's enjoyable enough for me that. I, I've I've stuck with it and I'm looking forward to more. Cool. Next up is Shangri La Frontier. We're getting into uh more like continuing stuff, I think. Yep. Yeah, I think the next uh, two of the next three. Two of the next three. Yeah. Probably should have ordered that a little better. Um but yeah, <laughs> Shangri La Frontier, uh ongoing <laughs> since uh fall. Um, they just wrapped up kind of the big fight. Um, so they, they were kind of pushing into a big fight between um, the Weatherman 
character, which is like this AI super unique monster creature, and uh, Sanraku, uh, uh, Pencil Gone, and um, Oni Katsuo was going to basically essentially fight this this character, and that was like their big moment. And it's, it, they they spent a lot of time on the fight too. Like that was something like setting, that, setting it up. Yeah, did a long time setting it up, and even the fight itself took like what two or three episodes. Yeah, it was like three episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was so it was a pretty long, kind of drawn out fight, but it was very well done. You know, they had very different different phases they had to do. I really enjoyed the kind of interactions between the characters, um, and Sunraku kind of taking on Weathermon kind of on a one on one way. Um, it was just entertaining. Yeah. I very much enjoyed. The way you know how it all kind of played out. I haven't seen this week's episode yet, so not not seeing the aftermath because mm. I guess spoiler alert, they won. Um, <laughs> Our heroes won. What? <laughs> yeah, um, but but it definitely was very good. Like that that whole kind of arc yeah. fight sequence. Just um, it was one of those things where like definitely elevated by the animation. Um, yeah, that uh, it it was God that final clash encounter was just really epic. Um, I, I would yeah. say that again, like it, it, again, it, from week to week there, it wasn't super exciting, like maybe like the, the setup for it, but it paid off in the end. And I think that's important. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and again, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I had, I, this is a two quarter, so I'd been enjoying it all now. And I think I was kind of maybe taking Shangri La Frontier for granted, <laughs> and it finally got to the to the big fight. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's why I like the show." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it definitely felt like in episode eighteen where they had like I guess the conclusion of the fight, right? It definitely yeah. you could tell like they put effort into it. Like uh, uh, Anime Blue mentioned that. Uh, Hiro Nori uh, Tanaka kind of was like the director and you did a lot of the storyboarding for that, uh, for that episode. And it does feel like, you know, someone that's like, you, you could like, when, you, when a show gets into that one episode where you're like, they paid more, you could tell that, right? And you could tell that just from the get-go. Like when the moment started, you know, it started with uh, Imul, who's the little bunny character, uh, AI character. Um, she... You know, you could just tell from the start, like, they put more effort into, like, you know, her fur and everything like that. And it was just, like, one of those moments where, like, even if Anime Blue never told me anything about the animator working on the, or the director and stuff of the episode, like, you could just feel it in the first minute of the episode. Like, something is different. Like, they've yeah. they put real effort into this episode to make it stand out and be that kind of big moment. Um and I, you could definitely feel that going into the episode and some of the fight scenes. I mean, obviously, it's not necessarily going to always be. I feel like the bar now of, of you know, as great as as uh, uh, um, um, brain not working. Uh, the show last season, um, Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, as great as Jujutsu Kaisen was, it kind of set this weird bar for a lot of shows. Hmm. Um, it, it's definitely not your Jujutsu Kaisen's, but like it is, it, it was solid, very well animated, very cool fight scene, um, and just kind of enjoyable watching. You know, especially watching uh, Sunraku kind of devise an idea and a plan to kind of defeat uh, mm-hmm. Weathermon. So, yeah, and and I would say that like you know the premise of it is he's playing a VR game, right? 
Yeah, it, it, it felt stakes like a low. fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, things like this stakes are very low, right? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Well, well, the stakes are low, but like you can, you can. I mean, like as a gamer, you get into things, right? And so you could feel like the the determination because the stakes are low, so low. You could be, you can have a fight where they die multiple times in the yeah. episode and have to like come up with creative ways to use their recovery items to you know bring themselves back to life. Like I, I thought that was a really good thing. Will kill you in one hit, you know, like so you literally cannot hit you. Um, and of course they they don't do the whole fight without dying, right? Like they multiple times. And I just thought that was that was really cool. Even um, though those bosses piss me the fuck off when I play them. Of course. <laughs> but like, that's, what that's why no one's ever beat them. BS is that. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it was fun. All right, next up, Delicious in Dungeon, Dungeon Meshi on Netflix. Have you guys been keeping up with this? How far back are you? Um, uh, I just haven't seen this week's episode myself. Yeah, I haven't since episode one because I just don't think to go to Netflix. Oh, oh man, yeah. this show has consistently been one of the best shows of this of every every week. Um, it is just such a fun, great show. I just like I feel like a, a, the premise of a show where it's about them finding, you know, basically how to eat in a prison or in a prison in a dungeon right it seems kind of very bland but they just handle it so well you know i love lios as a character and like how he's just can i try everything um the spoilers this week's that backfires quite dramatically when he eats something he shouldn't have eaten um (laughs) it's surprising it took this long for that to happen (laughs) yeah but like it's so it's so entertaining watching characters like and again i i wish you watched this week's episode because uh there's like just great character moments too like marcel and senchi had a great character moment this season Mm -hmm. um or this last episode um you know chill chuck you know i think it was Maybe that was the last episode you watched with him trying to fight the uh, mimic. With the mimic, yes. Oh, that was such a great moment. Like him just being like, "Oh, like I hate mimics. I always die to mimics. Everyone always wants me to open the mimic." And then him just getting locked in a room with a mimic and having to fight it was just—it was—it was so well done. And even like Laos having to jump into the paintings and is this is like. It, it might be behind Netflix, but if you're not watching it, you just need to watch it. it is It is so entertaining, so enjoyable. Uh, Marcel is just an amazing character. I love watching her freak out but still eat. Um, there's this, Again, I wish you watched this week's episode. There was this great moment where, let's just say, she was eating something. Chilchuck knew what she was eating. And he, he just was like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, it's delicious. And he's like, just not going to say anything. And it was just like, uh, it was just so good. I, I love this show so much. It's definitely ones that you like, I love how it's very episodic in nature, what it's trying to do, but just watching the characters interact is just, I'm so glad this is too core. Like, I just can't wait to watch more of this. Yeah. I, I, um, Oh God, what was I going to say? The, are you watching this, um, dubbed? No, I I did actually watch. Ha- uh, as strange it might sound, I like one day I was like I was I was trying to work on something and I don't know why I just had to get it done and I had it on and I was like not focused so I just put it on dub and tried to watch it dub. It's it's pretty solid dubbed. Like I was surprised at how good it was dubbed because I was 
I was like, I'm, I'm tend to be a sub guy just because that's what I, I tend to prefer watching everything in their native languages. You know, even mm-hmm. if I watch like a Spanish show on HBO or something. Right. Um, but yeah, this dub is pretty solid. Yeah. I, for me, I, I have been watching it like since I tried it, um, like I think like with episode two or three or whatever, I was like, and, and the main thing was I was eating something while I was watching the episode. <laughs> and so, and so I think that has now become tradition where <laughs> it's like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta eat some food while watching Dungeon Meshi. Um, and, and like, man, the, the dub, I, I appreciate like, it sucks that it's on Netflix, but at least Netflix is doing it weekly and they're actually releasing it with the dub at the same time as mm-hmm. the uh as the you know sub um and and i'm just been staying up, up to date with it on, on the dub like i think it's actually just really good and to me it's one of those things where it fits as well because it's a western fantasy themed show yeah right it was very western so you know like when you're talking about elves and dwarves and knights and stuff like to me uh, it doesn't have to be in japanese because like they're not in japan right <laughs> even though they, they still have like their Japanese tendencies of like bowing and stuff like that every now and again. But, but again, like I, I, I think that's just a really, that, that's something that should not be overlooked is like the dub is fantastic. Um, the show is great. Uh, I think trigger, like, it, you know, it has its moments where you're like, ah, oh, this is definitely a trigger show. And uh, yeah, I, I need to, I need to catch up and, and watch that episode. As soon as we're done, get the food. Yep. <laughs> All right. And uh, last show to talk about free Ren. I, I believe we haven't talked about the show once since our initial thoughts on the preview. So we haven't really been able to really go in on like, man, this is the best show, the most amazing show, all of that stuff. That's the first time that we, we get to do that. And it has been just that. Absolutely phenomenal. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so weird that like we haven't talked about it. I think we have <clears throat> in the discord um, where I was like, it's already confirmed to be best year, best anime of next year. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know what? I still partially stand behind that. Like the, like the show is just so freaking good. Um, like it, it, it's one of those things where like, it just, it has, certainly has like hype moments. <laughs> like when uh, in the most recent episode, when they're, when they're staring down the, the clone of Freerun and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, like the, the magic, uh, exam arc has been, has been really great. Um, poor, poor Stark has had to take a kind of a backseat (laughs) for these episodes, but, but I, I, I appreciate the, the new characters that have been introduced. Um, Yubil, uh, she's, she's very much a, I can fix her kind of character. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then you end up dead. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, I, I I love the show. It's been consistently amazing. Like the the show looks great every week, and it has not disappointed even though, even a little bit. Yeah, I think this show the strength of the show is that I think it's one of those weird shows where it's like this slice of life daily kind of adventure story, but at the same time it has this real plot that you're seeing go down right, like mm-hmm. these moments and and characters and growing and then you mix that in with some action scenes that you know don't belong in a show like this you know going hype and hard going as hard as they do um and i think it just makes for a show that is amazing and i think 
even if you were to cut those hype action moments, I think it doesn't necessarily take away how great this is. I mean, it does take a little bit away from like the animation hype, but like it's still a solid show. Like just you know, Freerin as a character and her relationship, especially with Fern, and even Fern's relationship with Stark, like all these characters, watching them kind of grow and interact, and kind of like Freerin starting to treat. You know fern as a daughter right you know you see those interactions and even you know fern uh and and when she kind of looks at free and you know the most recent episode where she's being asked that question you know like i don't understand what your motivation is and she's just like i just like being you know seeing free Ren smile I mean, you know i want to be there for her and it's just one of those things where it's like oh and just it just makes it such an entertaining show to watch and i do agree that um, at first, I was a little bit like, well, not, I guess you don't, I, this isn't the part I agree with, but at first with this whole, like, arc, the the testing arc, I was a little kind of like, uh, how are these extra characters going to interact? Am I really going to like these characters, or are they just going to take away precious time from my Free Ren, Fern, and Stark moments? Hmm. Um, and I really feel like I do agree with you that they i really enjoy these characters you know watching mm-hmm. yeah ubel and um even characters like uh uh Dokken kind of or dinkin or whatever his name yeah. is like kind of yeah, his, his 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 kind of like i'm this really fancy guy or this old wise wizard dude i've really enjoyed his interactions um so who, who, really, who, who is willing to throw down one of Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I love that too. Uh, it's like he's like, "What are we gonna do? We're out of magic power. You got fists, bro." Um, <laughs> it's just, I, I, I love that. I think, I think as a show, it's just, it's, it speaks to how strong it is that mm-hmm. just the characters are are entertaining to watch, even when it's not, you know, the main core group, which mm-hmm. can obviously can all, all all the time can be the downfall of the show. It's like mm-hmm. suddenly you're introducing and having these other characters, and you're like, I don't give a shit. Get me back right. to the characters I like. Um, I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the exam arc stuff specifically, like uh, Mashal is currently in that. And if you've seen one exam arc like that, you've seen like 50, 100. So yeah. like, they're all kind of the same. But there's something about like the presentation of this and how they get characters involved in a story that just feels good. And um, also like, with Mashal and these other series. It's all like crowds and commentary reacting to stuff that is kind of getting annoying now, to be honest. So I kind of like what they're doing here. And just overall, uh, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, that's true. It's like, that's something I didn't even think about. It's like, they don't have that. I mean, they had the one moment where Free Ren, you know, RKO the shield. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, like, for the most part, you're right. It is very much like you're not getting that commentary that is so common. So mm-hmm. uh, it makes it feel, I didn't even think about that. That's that's another reason why it feels so good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Taking and that away. The show has been paced so well in introducing lore bits. Like, we're seeing about a, like, uh, Siri, like we've seen some stuff with Flom, and then we saw Siri most recently about the girl that holds all those grimoire books mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And, and the pacing is just so comfortable that I find a show like really, um, like trustworthy to watch. That I just let it take me on its journey, and yeah. I think that it's uh, incredible in every aspect. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. And 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 the fact that it's telling two stories at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Because because it's constantly flashing back to Himmel, and and like what they're. I, I remember seeing someone say like, "Oh man, I wish I could get like a spinoff story of like Himmel." And I'm like, "You you kind of don't need it because like you're experiencing, like that's the whole point of the story, right? Like you're experiencing mm-hmm. Himmel's journey at the same time as you're experiencing this this modern day journey." And the parallels between them, yeah. you see, you're getting to know Himmel and, and of course, Freerun's feelings for him mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff. And, and how he still affects the modern day 80, 80 years later, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen yeah. big things like him not being able to pull the sword, but still mm-hmm. defeating the Demon King. <laughs> <laughs> because he said he was going to. Yeah. Like that's the that, that's the most him <laughs> moment. <Yeah. laughs> On Himmel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh you know, one thing I I have heard um before is the big debate, right? You know, it's if you go on my anime list, it's ranked number one, right? Um mm-hmm. and there's there's that big debate like, hey, you know, this is a brand new show. Obviously there's gonna be some recency bias, but you know, the big other one would be like, you know, the uh, full metal Al- alchemist brotherhood, right? And like right. can a show like this beat full metal brother? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, right? Um, obviously, being only what 22, 23 episodes in, I think, um, it's hard to compare to a 70 plus episode show that also had a 50 episode plus show hmm. uh, and a movie. Um, you know, but I think it's, it is hard to compare them because they very much are very different beasts, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Free Ren is a show about this journey and this travel, while Brotherhood very much had a very distinct storyline, a distinct kind of like objective to save the world, I guess you could put, right? Versus this one's not really about that. And I think it's hard to compare them in that sense. And really what you have to compare them at is how are you enjoying the show and what, mm-hmm. you know, if you're given, you know, A to watch or B to watch, what show is better. And again, I think with Free Ren, it's obviously going to have that problem that it's not fully out, that even, you know, once the season's over, it obviously will not cover a material um, that I believe is still even ongoing to this day. Um how do you kind of match these two projects? But I still think it's it's a valid comparison to make, and I think the quality of the show is good enough to at least say I don't not surprised. A lot of people think it's better than Brotherhood. I think mm-hmm. you know ultimately that's going to end up coming down to preference. When you really talk about your favorite shows or the best mm-hmm. shows, it's really kind of a tier system, right? Like you put what is your triple S ranked amazing top tier shows, and then what are your you know, A tier and then your B tier. And I think this show still deserves, even though it's not fully out yet. I mean, at this point, what we've gotten, it at least shows that it deserves to be on that highest tier level. Um, and I'm, I'm not surprised that people do think it's better than in shows like brotherhood and whether it not deserves or not, I think ultimately comes out to what you feel over the uh, one over the other. Right. And, uh, also, we're we're almost done with this core, and I I really hope there's an announcement. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes. future seasons. Or I mean, else I, that is reading the, the novel, I guess, or manga. Yeah, that, that's that. I am curious about that. Like, in comparison, how far is it compared to one another? Because, like, from what I understand, Free Ren, um, 
novel wise is not that old. It was it's not that old, right? Yeah, so uh, manga, manga, no, uh, okay, it's manga, light novel. It's a manga, it's a manga series. Whatever it is, it's not that old of a series, right? Um, yeah, I think it's it's it doesn't have two chapters. Twenty twenty. So yeah, I mean, I doubt, and this is this is ultimately the fact that it got so much adaption. Mm-hmm. I will be shocked if it, you know, even if it it does announce a sequel, if we see one within a couple years. I mean, yeah. you're probably thinking three, four years, probably tops. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I think I, one. I think this is this is one of those shows where the the manga was so instantly good that like someone in the anime industry, you know, like saw that and was like, I have to adapt this. Like this needs to be an anime, and and you can you can feel that kind of passion put into it. And like the Kanipa effect um, did a really good episode uh, on that, talking about how you know Matt um on youtube if you want to look that up after this but the again like it's one of those things where freerun was so instantly good that so they were like we need to do it now like we're not going to wait <laughs> yeah. to uh to adapt it no like we like i have complete and total faith and i mean they weren't wrong like the show is is fantastic oh and in case anyone's curious i just wikipedia it <laughs> um it looks like you know we're looking at things like uh the second, um, you know, the ruins of the king's tomb, which is what they're on right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're in volume six, and there are currently twelve volumes. So, I guess theoretically, we could get a season sooner. Um, obviously, the amount of effort and money and time they're taking to mm-hmm. produce each episode still wouldn't <clears throat> be surprised for at least a two-year turnaround, but. Um, yeah, I do hope we get an announcement soon. Yeah, maybe they after could, this ends. could pace it similar similarly to like what Mushoku Tensei is doing. Mm-hmm. At a, maybe a slower pace because they don't have as many volumes as Tensei does. But at the same time, that could be problematic a little bit for a show like Free Rain. Just imagine having a 12 episode seasons, right? Mm-hmm. That would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> The show is slow paced. I mean, it's perfectly paced, but it's still slow. So maybe, maybe we should just wait for big, huge two core seasons at a time, even if it takes a couple extra years to get to them. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. And that was our last show for discussion. And thus concludes episode 342 of the Anavision podcast. Um, Anavision.org, check us out there, all of our socials, check us out on Discord where we're most active. And as far as future stuff that we'll be talking about, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth will be coming out. Um, Cannot wait. Yeah, that'll be a huge release. Um, anything else? Like, I don't really know. Like, is there uh, any real good games outside of that coming out? I think this year feels a little like uh, back-heavy. Yeah, yeah. game wise for me, like I do want to play Persona Three Reload, but you know, just because it's a a remake of an older game that I've already played, (laughs) I'm kind of putting that off a little bit. But um, Unicorn Overlord for me, that's that's a big one I'm looking forward to, which comes out after Seven. Um, It's a vanillaware strategy RPG. Mm -hmm. It looks fantastic. Um, Way of the Ronin. Uh, actually looks pretty good on uh on oh, yeah, PlayStation. Rides. Yeah. 
yeah, rise there, there, there. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the historically accurate, uh, samurai game with the <laughs> <laughs> Batman glider mechanics and grappling hooks and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But I think when is that supposed to come out? Like, uh, that's in March. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. And I do think there's some topic ideas I would love to hit up too. So I do have some ideas. Yeah. Like I think we haven't really talked about AI in gaming. I think that would be an interesting topic. <laughs> um, Got a few other things, so we got stuff coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. So for Stephen Amro, I'm J Bro. We will see you next time on the podcast. Believe it.